So today is the 7th of January. It's a Sunday, it might be a sleepy Sunday for most of you. And it's not normally, you're probably thinking, oh, Tuesday's a caged in day. But today's a very special day. Because as much as it may be a nice relaxing day for you guys to just chill out, spend time with the family. It's a very special day for one special boy out there, Nicolas Cage. It's his birthday and he is 54 years old today. In 1963, his parents went at it and nine months later on the 7th of January popped out a little slippery Nick Cage and boy did he go on to achieve some greatness he also went on to achieve some absolute shit but thankfully for me not a lot of that has come up yet Um, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of that shit will come up in the time to be Uh, yeah but it's time to look at we're not looking at one of his movies per se today we're actually getting our detective hats on and having a little little poke around a film that came out in 2002 called Sunny. The thing that is interesting about this film is it is the one and only time that Nicolas Cage has directed a film. Um, and the question that begs to be answered is why only the one film? And more importantly, why only this film? I'm sure he's had many opportunities to direct or there's plenty of projects that he could have taken and directed himself. But why this one? Um, I know that it stars James Franco and I know it is about a gigolo. Um, Here is a little brief description of the film from the man himself. Uh, I got the script over 15 years ago. Uh, my agent at the time, Ed Lomano, sent it to me. It was uh, originally called Folks, and it was something that Richard Gere had considered, and then he passed on it, and then did American Gigolo. And then I got the script a few years later. I read it, and I was compelled by it. I thought that the character was dynamic and uh, you know, emotional and powerful. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't find a director to commit to it. And uh, then it went on the shelf. Uh, no one seemed to want to make the film. And then over, as I said, over 15 years later, I started thinking about the idea of directing. And it came to my attention again. And I said, well, let's try to option it. And I did. And then I reread it. And I went through the whole same gamut of emotions. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is probably the right way to start for me because it's unique. And it's, uh, it's about characters. It's about people. And I guess the only thing I really had at my fingertips was the idea that I could I could talk to actors, that I could I could communicate with them with respect and and uh, and make them try to feel safe enough to go to places where they could bear their souls. Um, but that was really all I knew I could do. Everything else was just trying to go by instinct. So there's a lot to digest there. Let's take that in for a second. That this was a film that. Richard Gere had passed on to move on to American Gigolo, as we heard the man say himself, which like begs the question, was there a reason that this film did not get made? It seemed like there was a string of bad luck. Uh, Nick Cage, the actor, as we know, he has got a penchant for just doing whatever the fuck is handed to him, and it sounds like the crazier, the more outlandish idea 
um, of a film, the more gung-ho he, he is to do it. Um, and when it comes to the element of, like, directing, uh, yeah, he's been on a lot of film sets, but does that necessarily mean that you should do it? <laughs> um, whilst doing some research on this, because obviously we hear from this why he directed this film, but we don't we don't really... We don't really hear his, his standard like interview fare of just him promoting his movie, but we don't really hear about the why he never did anything else. Um, but whilst doing a little bit of research, which I'm going to come clean with you, it was there's nothing out there. He never he never he never once said why he didn't direct another film or whether he was interested in directing anything else. But whilst doing some uh, research. I came across this little clip that may give us an insight into uh, how good this film may be. Uh, there is a celebrity fan of this film. A young movie? Yeah, Wh- yeah. Which one? The Disaster Art. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I thought you were Sonny. <laughs> uh, he, he likes this movie, Sonny, I did, where uh, I they cage directed, I played a gigolo in New Orleans. Uh, so you yeah. were confused. Oh, well, sure. You I'm got not that. confused at all. I like the movie. So you like that movie? Yeah. So that was the voice of the ignanimous, uh, interesting character that is Tommy Wiseau whilst he was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel with James Franco promoting The Disaster Artist, uh, which I'm going to actually say, because uh, all I ever seem to talk about on this is... <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Nick Cage films. Disaster Artist was great. It's a film I saw uh, late last year. You should check out. I may have mentioned it on the last one because I saw a comparison between the two of those guys. But yeah, definitely check out The Disaster Artist. But having said that, this uh, is that the kind of endorsement that a film wants that um, this kind of a man who has made a film as bad as The Room is a big fan of it. And, um, yeah, it's just, oh, obviously I don't normally go in with any expectations, but obviously this one is a little different because I'm just, I'm actually trying to figure out why, why he stopped here, why he didn't direct anything else. Like, is this kind of going to be a thing of potential that could have blossomed into a beautiful flower or is it going to be a train wreck and I'm going to see straight away from watching this film oh that's why he never directed another film again because it was a horrible experience for everyone on board and studios probably saw it and were like no we are not giving that man any fucking money to direct we will just have him in the starring seat just losing his shit in every straight to DVD movie from here to eternity so there's only one way to find out which one of those that is. And that's just to strap in and have a look at Sonny from 2002. Oh, we are back. One question has for certain been answered, but many more have been raised whilst watching this film. Right, uh... I'm going to go a bit light on the plot on this one, uh, because, to be frank, there isn't one. uh, Not not that much of a plot that I could fucking see. Um, The question that was answered, I'm going to say it right out. 
I can tell why Nicolas Cage did not direct another film, because in my humble opinion, and I imagine the opinion of a lot of people, this is a load of garbage. Uh, It's a muddled mess of kind of student film techniques with a kind of self-importance that is... Like, I guess he thought, maybe the cast thought they were doing something great, but oh boy, were they, were they fucking pissing up the wall with this one. Uh, Yeah, so, um, let's just kind of, let's just kind of do like a, a brief little, brief little thing of what, what the fuck happens in Sunny, uh, so it's basically James Franco's character Sonny returns from war, which war, or like being in the army, uh, or I don't know if it's return from war or just being in the army, when I have no fucking idea, because this film is not clear at all on when it is set, it kind of has a soundtrack that is from all over the place, like time wise there's one moment it's like seems like it's set in the 40s maybe then it seems like it's set in the 80s the 70s god fucking knows all i know is it's not a modern day film because technology there's no there's no mobile phones but god like it might as well have done. It wouldn't have made it any more understandable. Not that it's a confusing film. It's just... It's all over the fucking place. Well, he comes back from wherever the fuck he's been doing, whatever the fuck he's been doing. Uh, he, he looks pretty well for someone who's been in the army for three years. Uh, it looks like he's just had a... He's been sat on a beach having a good old fucking time. Um, just have a sip of my drink. This film has led me to... Yeah, to drink. Uh, first, as soon as the film finished, I was like, that's it. I need to pour myself a nice tall glass of fucking tank strong because, oh boy, it's not me for fucking six. Cage, you prick. Fucking happy birthday. So he's back and his mum straight away... He's like, that's it. You're back out on the streets because you are my bottom bitch. His mum is pimping him out. He was a pimp. Bef- he was a whore before he went into the army. I say whore. I don't mean that in the derogatory term. That is just how they refer to the tricking game in this film. The hustling. The uh, a gentleman of the night. A, a gigolo. I believe some people call it. Uh, he's out there and his mum is literally straight back on when you're getting out there, when you're selling that slinging her dick on the streets because I want that money. I've got a new girl. Her name is Carol, who's played by um, Mia Savini. Uh, or, yeah, uh, uh, Mila. Uh, I, I, always, I always forget her name. I stumble across. I probably should have read it 
Oh, fuck it. Um, she was in American Pie and she's in uh, American Beauty, which I know we can't really talk about anymore because Kevin Spacey is fucking piece of shit. So that film's kind of a uh, bit of a dirty, dirty subject. But yeah, she's the rose petal girl uh, that he's fucking fascinated with in that. Uh, she's there. She, she's like the other prostitute that the mum has and she's like you two are gonna make me shit tons of money and it's kind of like i it's very confusing because it's almost like she's setting them up that they should be together as well as like a romantic item and very quickly that night carol comes back from tricking the games and she is she pays sunny for sex and it's a very weird lots of weird shots like close-ups of i don't know yeah i don't know what nicholas cage was thinking with a lot of the shots in this he fucking loves a crane shot in this it's lots of like swooping for no for no for no reason like literally outside of a house like as i said it's very like studenty film like my first film like let's just throw every piece of shit at the wall um so it is essentially just the exploits of him trying to live a new life because he doesn't want to be a prostitute anymore he wants to work in a bookshop in texas because a friend of his in the army said my dad owns his bookshop he can get you a job um we see the next morning after sunny has slept with carol that um his mum's old friend, played by the late, great Harry Dean Stanton, who for me is an absolute standout in this film, just because he is someone who seems naturalistic and isn't hasn't got this kind of light switch style of acting that kind of Nicolas Cage is known for, that kind of on the flip of a dime is off the wall and crazy and fucking mental um but harry dean stanton is natural and kind of got a call about him but maybe that's just because i really like harry dean stanton and before we go any further on the plot i've got to say i normally really like james franco but in this film i couldn't fucking stand him at all there was like a I don't know, this film is filled with characters, I think the reason I don't like it is because it's filled with characters that are unlikable and irredeemable, they're all just horrible people that you do not care about their outcomes, you do not care about what they have to say or what they've been through or what happens to them like they could have all just got into a big barrel and gone off the end of the fucking niagara falls for all i care because they were all just disgusting horrible vile people and that's not just to say because they were in the world of prostitution even that there was just still no redeemable like features about them they just weren't nice to anyone or anything they just kind of they were just all like i don't know even when sunny has like ways out he's just fucks it up and f f yeah just i don't know mate yeah oh no i had no just fuck them all (laughs) um so moving on with the plot i say i keep saying the word plot like there's a lot going on but there's, there's there's not um there is a scene where 
Sunny is driving to Texas, and this is one of many scenes that just has, like I said, this kind of student sensibility and like the horrible, horrible, like sped up driving sequence to some kind of, I don't know, it sounds like some cardigans rip off, horrible, like late 90s, early 2000s kind of indie pop rock that is just oh it's it's gross uh he goes out to see the guy who said his dad had the shop and things aren't good uh the son is played like the friend is played by scott khan who i imagine nicholas cage like got off of the back of gone in six seconds he's like please please do me this favor be in this bullshit film i've got like it's my directorial debut please please be in it um yeah come on mate (laughs) and the job that he was promised well he weren't gonna fucking get it because it turns out that the dad had lied about his financial situation whilst his son was in um the army and had also lied about his health so not only had he lost the shop he's bloody dead um (laughs) Fucking hell. Talk about pride. Uh, pride being one of like probably the biggest killers in men because they're too proud to say, hey, I'm uh, feeling really, really ill. Uh, I should really go see a doctor. It's just, just swallow it down, suck it up, move on with it. And he's brown bread. So there is no job in Texas. There is no bookshop. There is no hope left for Sonny. Um, that night, he goes out on a date with... Uh, Scott Kahn and a couple of lovely Texan girls um, and he's just an oddball and like the woman asks him about what he does for work he's like oh I'm in a kind of transitional stage I'm just kind of doing whatever and um, then he gets down to it goes down down to the bone zone bang 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 doing his fang and she's like oh boy you should do that for a living because you're hella good and you know what he's like This is a tender moment where he's like, oh, well, that's what I used to do before the army. I I was a here. I was a here. This is is not not me putting an inflection on the word whore, but it is the weird New Orleans accent that James Franco and many of the other cast have affected where the word whore all of a sudden becomes here. Like, it's... (laughs) It's it's both hilarious and fucking skin crawling at the same time. Um, upon hearing this news, like at first the woman thinks, yeah, 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 you're having a laugh. You're just you're showing off because you're good at slinging that dick. Um, but it dawns on her that he is being honest, and she goes to have some cough syrup. Where Sonny fucking loses his rag, naked, just throwing cough syrup bottles. All about the place gun. You're a fucking junkie. Scott Khan comes running in. The other girl comes running in. Sonny's told to get the fuck out of there. Rightly so. Because he is just screaming at the top of his lung. I am better than all of you. I am fucking better than all of you. You're fucking shit. You're all squares. I am fucking great. Um... And then he is back home and back to slinging dick around town, pulling tricks and just sleeping with, like, possibly the people I felt sorry for the most in this film. Um, 
and a film that's quite liberating is obviously one redeeming thing about this film is that the fact that it's that role reversal in that it is a male gigolo and a lot of films are very centered upon female prostitutes but this film has the guts at least to show a male prostitute not the guts but like it is very different to a lot of american cinema out there and this film kind of took a punt on that um into a little thing I have made for this film just called Scenes That Were Weird. Uh, Because from this point on, eh, not a lot really happens, but these are kind of the rough highlights uh, or lowlights, possibly more the lowlights, the real bottom of the barrel. Um, One of them is a woman asks that Sonny turns up dressed as a policeman and upon his arrival he's in character he's like oh I'm gonna have to check your house there's a prowler about and uh one thing leads to another it's obviously just the lead up to the sexual act that he's actually been paid for and she is well into getting fucked by a the policeman's nightstick and Upon uh, what I can only imagine is entry, there's just a very kind of weird effect with the sound. It almost sounds like jungle sounds and like it echoes out of her screams of delight and cuts to the next scene of Sunny asking for the money and the woman's like, oh, I've only got like like 200 he's like well it's 300 where's the fucking money and end up smashing a tv and i was just i was just perplexed and confused by this because i was like is he still in character as the policeman or is this now like sunny just actually getting pissed off that the woman has not got him the money um and i'm still still to this moment now i only stopped watching this film maybe 10 minutes ago and i don't know i just yeah it's still confusing now um again it's back to that like light switch fucking bang 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 like he's either level-headed or he's off the fucking chain and it's just weird (laughs) it's confusing um one of the things that happens with Sonny, his mum, is like, I can get you and Carol some jobs together. And I thought, as soon as I heard this, no, we're in for some very weird four-way sex scenes that I am not into because they're going to be shot in a very leering and horrible way by that sleazy dickhead, Nicolas Cage. I was... It's okay because they weren't some kind of weird, like octogenarian like uh i don't know like yeah multi-generational four-way no it was uh that they would both go to a client's house and sunny would take the wife and carol would take the husband so i'm not sure if the four-way would have been weirder um maybe this is a slightly weirder scenario and one of my low lights things that were weird in this film is after the deed is done um and carol and sunny are settling up with the couple the couple's children are running into the bedroom while sunny and carol are there and they're like we'll just see ourselves out um which is very, 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 very weird. 
And again, another confusing scene. If anything, this film, intentionally or not, is very confusing and slightly upsetting. Um, This leads on to a scene where they end up in a fucking barn. It's like something out of a bad, like, sex novel. Oh, what are they called? Fucking erotic novel, sex novel. Fucking hell. This film has literally scrambled my fucking tiny brain to the point where I just don't know what I'm saying anymore, guys. I hope for you at home this makes some remnants of sense because to me, this it's like, sorry, I've got a drink again because this is... I feel real, I'm feeling real sad, guys. Fucking, ah, uh, it's a beating. I'm, ho- I'm hoping Nicolas Cage is having a far better time on his birthday than I am on his, on his birthday because I fucking just sat through Sunny, mate, and it's, oh, come on. It just wasn't a good time. Like, uh, one day, one day I will, I will, I fucking try my hardest to meet Nicholas Cage and when I do I'm just like I think I might open with come on mate Sonny what the fuck was that about because I'm still picking parts of my fucking confused mind off of the floor and wherever it's fucking gone to um so as I established earlier, there was a character of Henry, played by Harry Dean Stanton. Um, yeah, like, loads of stuff happens, like, sex is going on, and, like, I don't know, they're kind of... Carol wants Sonny to get out of this life of tricking and, like, run away with them, and she's she's been proposed to loads of times by this old guy called Troy, and she goes for it. She's like, I just want to get out of this life, and I'm going to marry Troy... And Henry is at a card game and leaves. And oh my god, it's just... This scene is fucking nuts. He pulls out of his space and is hit by a truck. And his car just fucking explodes and bursts into flames. I am not, like, an expert when it comes to car crashes. But I feel like it would take a lot more than what happens on screen for a car to fucking explode. (sighs) And, like, miraculously, his hat lands just outside of the car, like, a little bit burnt up, but looks fine, just so we know. Just so we know, that was definitely Henry who died because his fucking hat's there. Yeah, we fucking know. We saw the car explode, guys. Come on. Fuck's sake. Um, And then... Her, Sonny's mum tells Sonny that it was Henry who was his dad all this time and Henry didn't want you to know that he was your dad because he was embarrassed that he was a he was a fucking failure and he was a bum. And Sonny pretty says the most like honest thing and the thing I was thinking all, all, all the way through this is like, well, we're all failures. Yeah, you are. You're all horrible, nasty people. Like... I obviously get that Sonny can, and Carol can be seen of victims of circumstance. Obviously, you find out that Sonny has been made to be a prostitute since he was 12 years old. But there is still something inherently unlikable about the character. Um, I don't know. You don't go enough into just... I get that films just paint people like 
for how they are and don't really you don't have to delve that deep into it but it's just i don't i don't want fucking second guessing myself because i know i didn't enjoy this and like i don't remember thinking about it more might i might i might find something in there but no <laughs> at the moment no i did not bloody like it so she says that is your daddy and this sends sunny into a spiral of chaos and he goes out drinking and this is a scene that really confused me because um there was moon age daydream playing whilst he's boozing and then moments later there was whip it by devo and i just had kind of no idea like this just really spun me for a loop and which decade this was set or were they just kind of trying to be arty and loose with the soundtrack and you know what if that was the case it didn't fucking work um and then oh the effects also on this scene are fucking terrible the camera work is blurry the colors are saturated it just looks fucking gross and it's just again you were pulled in more with some of these like kind of student techniques of how they think it should look just because of like stuff like there is a moment where he is stood still on the corner and everyone's moving real quick around him and he's just like Nicolas Cage has seen like tons of music videos and stuff like that like oh that would be cool let's just throw that in see how that works and it does not look good um, and then Sonny finds himself going into uh, a guy called Acid Yellow's place, who is, um, it looks like it is a gay brothel by the looks of it, because of um, Sonny very quickly is like, I just want to, I want to, I want to come and work for you. I want to, I want to do a job. Have you got a guy coming in um, that I can, that I can, that I can handle? And Acid Yellow is played by Nicholas fucking cage and he has got this horrible prosthetic nose worse than um never on tuesday uh worse than that it is horrible um possibly worse than eddie in deadfall it's just this kind of bulbous i'm I'm glad that most of the scenes with him in were blurry because even but even that couldn't mask the fact that he looked like a fucking idiot it was clearly nicholas cage with a prosthetic nose and just like when you thought the film couldn't get any weirder as well you were just brought into this odd almost a clockwork orange style just everything was over the top everyone looked like i couldn't tell if they were intentionally supposed to look like the way they did or it's just they'd run out of money and they just the people went fucking mental in the costume department but yeah it's this kind of like day glow 60s but almost like ed what like kind of um louis the 16th style like just garb and everyone looked fucking mental and Sonny eventually is in a room with a gentleman and he asks him the question like he's like oh like what you're here for and he's like I've been a bad boy you're gonna punish me and uh Sonny's like yeah how do you want to be punished however you see fit and then he asks him the question 
do you know your father? And he's like, well, my father's dead. And Sonny's like, well, so's fucking mine. Whack. Boot to the face. Starts wailing on the guy. That's it. Fucking acid yellow in his goons. Pull Sonny out. Beat the shit out of him. Get him out the door. Acid yellow had a fucking cane that had a fucking sword in it that he pulls out and he's like, cut him, cut him. And then... Like once Sonny is scarpered and out of the way, it was just like Nicolas Cage was like, oh, "It's my like nobody's let me say this in a film, so I'm gonna say it." His line once Sonny has run away, he just shouts the word "cunt," and that is a word I was thinking, Nicolas Cage. So you are right now because this film is a load of bullshit. Um. Then we get the next day. Sonny is feeling sorry for himself. Uh, he is back home and wants to <laughs> wants to get out of it. He's looking sad for himself. Carol comes back. She's like, "That's it. I need the Pontiac keys. I'm getting out of here. Me and Troy are getting out. We're going to get married in." Mexico we're gonna elope it's gonna be a grand old time and then she's like can I have a chat with you on the front doorstep uh, because I don't want your mum to hear and she said to him you know what you should just run I'm getting away you've got your opportunity don't even go back into the house just leave just go and then we see Carol go leave get in the car start to drive away We cut back to Sonny. He's looking up at the front door. Should he go in? Should he not? And then we see Carol in the car. See the gross, fucking, rotund, (laughs) disgusting man she has decided to marry just so she can get out of this life. This is the one moment I felt sorry for a single character in this film. I felt sorry for her that she had to live her life with this horrible, disgusting, vile man just so she could get out of being a prostitute. And then in the rearview mirror, she sees Sonny running down the road. She gets out of the car, runs to Sonny. They kiss in the middle of the beautiful New Orleans streets. And then it fades to white. And then we get the final shot, which is back to Sonny, looking at that front door, should he go in. And this final shot frustrated me so fucking much, because it was like, you're just trying to be smart, you're just trying to be clever, you're trying to be overly ambiguous with something that... If you were going to do that, just have him looking at the door. Don't give us this fucking, oh, was that a dream? Was that not? Was that a thought? Maybe the fade to white is supposed to lead you into, it's supposed to be a dream. Just don't fucking give us that. That is, it's just fucking bullshit and just seems cheap to the audience and feels like a big old fucking waste of time. Um, So... I think you can kind of guess what I thought about this film. Uh, You can definitely see... uh, I I am not signing any petition. You can start a fucking change.org or whatever you want for Nicolas Cage to direct a film. No. No, 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 no. No, no. There's, like, Francis Ford Coppola, fantastic director. Sophia Coppola, again, fantastic director. Haven't watched enough of her films, but just, just leave it to them, mate. Just leave it to them because, like... We don't, like, we don't want this kind of, mm, like, fucking 
I don't know. It's one of the. I did. It's. I can just imagine the people who like this and that they're fucking wankers. And I don't know. I don't want to be a part of it. And I don't like. I did not enjoy this film. And I do not want Nicolas Cage to do any more. So it's a new year, and I hope his New Year's resolution was like, you know what? I'm never, never going to direct another film. I'm hoping he's getting to the ripe old age of 54. He's like, do you know what? I took a stab at that directing lark, but never again. I found my niche just to be in any old straight to DVD bit of tat and I'm going to do that until the days that my body gives up and I can no longer do it and just fade away gracefully do not I'm begging you Nicolas Cage do not direct another film so that is what I thought about the film what do critics think let's just have a look I am going to pull up Right now, live on air, the scores this film got. And we have today, IMDb gave this film 5.7 out of 10. I feel like that is fucking wrong. This should have way been below a fucking 5. This was not a... It's just... uh, kind of want to read out what people have said about this like uh no i'm not i'm not fucking doing it rotten tomatoes 23 percent. that's 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 a lot more like it that's yeah definitely in the bottom quarter of films it is it's not it's not it's not good guys um would i recommend you watching this no because it is not even good on a like it's not even good in like so bad it is good it is just bad. Um, so that is Sunny. Uh, this has been Nicolas Cage's birthday special. Um, so uh, yeah, I would say happy, but yeah, happy birthday, Nicky boy. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Um, I saw recently that the trailer for Mum and Dad has been released. Um, I have resisted from watching it, but I do know it is um, directed by. Brian Taylor is it of the Neville Dean Taylor like crank fame and I believe the second Ghost Rider film so I'm very much looking forward to that I've couldn't escape I believe I'd heard about it even before I'd started the podcast that film sounds fucking great so this is how Nicolas Cage's future is turning out I look forward to that I feel like this film was a skid mark on the career and I understand why you never went on to directing because this film was terrible so I have been your host Petrus Patsilibus I have been caged in this fucking toilet of shit that is sunny you've been rad bye this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in Coppola connections a drip town limery main franchised and many more to come our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you please support our shows by subscribing leaving ratings and reviews and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.